What up, guys? Producer Ian here. I just want to shout out Nick Siriani and Scott Turner. I'm still waiting for that DM at FF Daydreamers on Twitter. Please tell me why Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson aren't getting the touches that they deserve. They've clearly earned it, and they really need to. If you want to, you can also email me at ian at fantasydaydreamers.com. Anyway, let's get on to the pod. And like a phoenix, he arose from the ashes, put together by the lowliest intern, the the, the intern on the lowest on the totem pole, like bare bottom, like he's worthless, really, to come back to life for this episode of the Fantasy Daydreamers. What's up? What's good? He's alive! It's your boy, Big Dane, your host, JJ, and I'm back, y'all. With me, who covered for me last time, producer Ian. I just want to say I absolutely loved the Phoenix from the Ashes. (laughs) I'm very glad you said that. You already heard where you can follow me at, and I'm still serious about... um, Nick Sirianni and Scott yeah, yeah, Turner, yeah. please DM me. Let's work on them DMing you. I think that would be really good for the for the podcast. <laughs> oh man, that would just be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I also got Keone here with me. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. All right, today we got some news for you guys. We got some start and sit questions, and we got a little bit of rookie talk. So let's start off with some uh, news. So Julian Edelman was officially able to come back to return to practice, and he didn't. He's not practicing still, so I don't think he's, that's really fantasy relevant. Just bad news for Cam Newton. Still not going to have his true number one receiver. Um, Zach Ertz, it's also his, it was also his first day to return on Wednesday, and he did return. Um, he's still on IR, though just practicing right now fantasy relevant news christian mccaffrey was ruled out so he won't be playing this week do you guys feel like i feel like we have this conversation on every podcast about mike davis like Um, i talked about curtis samuel in uh one of my articles this week i said to pick up curtis or, or to start curtis samuel this week um because they had a really tough week against Tampa Bay, but they're going against Detroit this week, which is a much, much more favorable defense. And so I expect him to get more of the touches and yards and those types of things he was getting in the previous games, in the games prior to Tampa Bay. So. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, Yeah. Do you guys think Chris just like, is it actually going to be week to week? If you drafted Christian McCaffrey, obviously everyone picked him one overall. Oh my god, it's just so. And disappointing. you held on to him for this long. It's gotta keep it's the faith. Rough. Yeah, okay. I'm. He's still not somebody I get rid of. The only, the only thing I would have hoped is maybe you could have, um, like what James 
forever ago was talking about. Maybe you traded him for somebody because, but even, even if you've kept him this long, you're making that playoff push and Christian yeah. McCaffrey should be back oh. by playoffs and he's still averages quarterback numbers a game. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they have the bye in week 13. So he's going to be out week 11. We know that for sure. And then the, they might hold him out week 12 and he'll be out week 13 for sure, which is the beginning of playoffs or the last week right before playoffs. So that's, it's scary for Christian, if you have Christian McCaffrey right now. Yes. Um, but and speaking of somebody who, d- who does have him in a few leagues, <laughs> I think if you kept him this long, you've moved stuff around. So you're used to not having him in your lineup. And so if he's available, it's just a sort of a luxury. So you just it's take like a nice bonus. Them. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, if he is healthy for the fantasy playoffs and you have been able to make the playoffs without Christian McCaffrey, that's just going to be a big name and a big help to your team come those weeks. Um, for Mike Davis this week, it's a much better matchup than the Bucks. I, I say I'm safe at starting him, but I'm, I'm not expecting much. He's been on the downtrend lately, and you're just kind of hoping that the Detroit defense is – well, I mean, the Detroit defense this week. They yeah. just show up like they have been. Yeah, just a flex option at best this week. Um, another running back, Matt Breida. He was a full participant at practice on Wednesday. That's big news because he has not been playing. And, well, they didn't really need him in the last week. Uh, Salvin Ahmed did great. But do you guys think that Matt Breida comes in and muddies this backfield. I don't think so because I think I I looked and in the games that he was playing, I think he still had less than a 33% snap count in each of those games. So even when he was a part of the game, he wasn't a huge part. But does it matter to you that it's a completely different backfield now? That was with Jordan Howard and um, who they got rid of. Yeah. Who they cut now and miles Gaskin who's on the IR. Yeah, he, he's officially went to IR. Um, I actually wrote about Salvin, Salvin Ahmed. I don't know how to pronounce that 100%. Ahmed. Oh, thank you. Easiest way to say it. I know, Ahmed. You're the one so, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wrote about him. I think that, like Keone said earlier, Matt Breida, even though, like, he still hasn't been getting the touches. Even when he had the chance to get the touches, he really hasn't been getting it. He's coming off the, um, he's coming off a hamstring injury. I think they're surprisingly a little bit more confident in Ahmed after that one game. I think Ahmed's still going to get the lion's share in the backfield and Brita might be slowly worked into it, but whatever they're doing right now, they're winning. So I don't think they want to change anything up really like drastically. Yeah, mess with the voodoo or whatever. All right, Kenny G, he was back at practice on Wednesday, but Matthew Stafford, he did not practice at all. He did nothing He did nothing on Wednesday. He does have a partial tear in his uh, thumb on his throwing hand. I think he plays. I think he's fine. And if he has Kenny G back, Kenny G, I'm, if Kenny G's back and he has Matthew Stafford is what I mean. Kenny G's a starter. Absolutely. And, and Marvin Jones is irrelevant, I think, with Kenny G back. Great point. Yeah, yeah. he's been lucky the past few weeks. Um, but yeah, once uh, the G-man is in there, he's the clear guy. 
<laughs> nicknames on nicknames. But Kenny G close. was the one. <laughs> this is a little bit close to the Giants, the G Men. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Joe Mixon, we still don't know what's going on. He's day to day, so. Hopefully, if you are the Joe Mixon owner, you did pick up Giovanni Bernard because he, that's going to be your easiest pivot while Joe Mixon's out. He still didn't practice on Wednesday. He was off to the side getting uh, work with trainers. So It's felt like he's been this way this entire season for the most part. Yeah. He's just a continual day-to-day. Um, all right, moving on. His dripfulness was working on the side at practice, which is good news. He was out there working, but he wasn't a full participant. So Teddy Dripwater, um, it's, it's real tough. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, are these guys still fantasy relevant? Curtis Samuel even still fantasy relevant without if Teddy Bridgewater does not play. I think actually Curtis Samuel's the most relevant with it. And then maybe, and then still maybe Mike Davis. Um, who's their backup? I don't know. Like, Walker, I think. Yeah. The PJ XFL, Walker. The XFL <laughs> was supposed to be MVP before the league got shut uh, down. So I think, I think PJ will be, um, I don't want to say solid, but he'll, he'll be there and I don't think he'll ruin the game for him but I think they're going to rely more on the run. So hopefully that means Mike Davis gets some more touches. Uh, but in reality, it probably means that Curtis Samuel might see almost 10 rushes from the backfield. They've Crazy. just been using him like that. Yeah. It's like he is, um, it reminds me of what they were doing with Montgomery years ago when everybody on the um, Packers got hurt. Like I think in like 2016 or something, and they had a wide receiver going at running back. That's what Samuel's reminding me of right now. Um, but yeah, I like no, I I don't see DJ Moore being as relevant this week. Do you? Th- well, yeah, I I agree with you. That's true. Um, let's move on. Uh, Adam Gay says he doesn't expect Sam Darnold to go this week, so it will be Joe Flacco against the Chargers, it looks like. Elite. Elite. <laughs> I, hate, I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're going to talk about for the Jets. We don't need to talk about Adam Gase no more. Uh, Drew Brees, he, he went out and he got his second opinion, and it came back. He does have cracked ribs and a punctured lung, so he's going to be out, like you guys said, at least two weeks, but then they're going to see how he feels after that, which I don't know, with a punctured lung. I don't think you can feel that that good after two weeks. I really hope that they pick Jameis to be the starter, and I'm actually excited to see Jameis Winston play football again. I think Jameis will start. Yeah, I like I said, I think on I'm pretty sure on Monday um, I don't think that they're going to have the Swiss Army Knife who's been Taysom Hill, who's been doing every position, like a little bit here, a little bit there, suddenly take the 80 or 90 snaps at QB. I just think that their game plan is to use them elsewhere, and so they'd rather have James Winston, who is just a pure quarterback, take those snaps. Yeah, I don't have the exact numbers um, on me right now, but last year whenever Drew Brees got hurt and – Teddy Dripwater had to come in for him. Taysom Hill actually 
played less because he was then the the only QB left if Teddy Dripwater got hurt. So if they're doing that same thing, Jameis is going to get a lot of the snaps and Taysom Hill is going to actually probably probably play less. And even when Taysom Hill gets used, it's rarely for passing opportunities. It's mostly in those weird, wild plays, the wildcat stuff. Yeah. They use him like he's still fooling the NFL. Like, no, we, we know what Taysom Hill is. Like, it's not like the very first maybe like season that he was doing it was like, oh, what? <laughs> Sean Payton, yeah. you're wild. But now yeah. it's like no, Taysom Hill is just, he's going to do something. Yeah. Yeah, and this injury, I think they're being euphemistic about it because it looks, it sounds like it hurts. And yeah, but so. Drew Brees is not acting like it hurts. He's the one out here saying that. Well, yeah, that I think that's part PR like, and yeah. stuff. But we'll yeah, see. but I expect him to be out way longer than two weeks. Yeah, I think I think we all do. Yeah. Um, there was no Tyler Lockett at practice on Tuesday. He is questionable for tonight's game. Uh, Pete Carroll says there's no doubt that he'll play to him. He looked fine for, to him. Um, Carlos Hyde, he has no injury designation for tonight's game, so he's going to play. And Chris Carson was limited on Wednesday, and he's going to be questionable for tonight's game. So quite a bit of Seahawks news there. Tyler Lockett has been a little bit down recently with the injury playing on Thursday night. I is is that scary for you, Keone? You have your um, rule. Yeah. Um I think it's if because it's a little scary, I don't know if I would play him, even though I think they probably need him going against Arizona. Um so it's uh, it's a little bit of a toss up. He had um, his big game against the Cardinals earlier in the season. Yeah, that that's nice to have sort of be at this point in the season where we can have teams who have played other, like this is their second game against teams. Yeah. So it's nice, a nice reference. But it is Thursday night, so I, it's tough because the, the Seahawks, um, Russell Wilson, his his back, you know, from carrying the team is <laughs> is looking not too it's, good it's the past few like weeks. Certain. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. To me, it's it, Metcalf, you're safe. And then everybody else is Metcalf and Wilson, you're safe. And then everybody else, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I hate this. I hate this so much because I have Lockett. And if the issue with it, just like a lot of Americans, is um, – I have work, <laughs> so I can't suddenly get that game time decision where it's like, lock, it's out. So I have to pretty much decide uh, to d- like this morning, <laughs> like, yeah. hey, am I going to um, start Lockett or not? And then I'm going to be mad because he has such a good matchup. And if he repeats the 15 receptions, 200 yards, and three touchdowns he got last week, I'm going to look like a fool if I didn't have him starting. Well, that's, so, that's the it's decision just... you have to make. You want to look like a fool? Would you Would you feel worse if you didn't play him and he went off or if you played him and he doesn't do anything? What makes you feel worse? If I didn't play him. I'm, I'm going to play him. I'm just going to try to finagle uh, an extra break at about 5 o'clock <laughs> <laughs> right before the game starts just to uh-huh. check. Um, what about uh, Chris Carson? If he plays, do you, if he's back, do you play him? 
Um, yeah, 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 but I'm, I don't think I'm confident in it. I, I really am. I'm really looking at my bench. I'm really looking deep into my bench and who I have, a, who else I have to play. I feel like they really need Chris Carson though. Like they are, they are a different team with Chris Carson on the field. Um, so I think if Lockett's going to play, you have to play. I, I just don't think you, I mean, you might have the bench spots, but I don't feel like most people have the bench spots to play someone else besides Tyler Lockett. Chris Carson, same thing. I think if he plays, you play him. Carlos Hyde, who's going to play. I don't think you play. I think, People are going to be tempted to pick him up and play him. But Alex Collins had a pretty good game last week. Hyde's coming off the injury. It's a Thursday night. I I just don't see him having a great game. Yeah, and the only unfortunate thing about Carson is that he seems to be a game-time decision. Yeah, like Pete Carroll is really waiting to be like, oh, yeah, he's ready. And that kind of scares me because Pete Carroll's always super optimistic. So for him to be like, ah, oh, you know, we're going to wait until game time. It's, it scares me a little with Chris Carson. All right, moving on. The Pack- Packers activated Alan Lazard from the IR. He's back practicing with the team. This is great news for Aaron Rodgers and that offense. He finally has his true number two wide receiver. Um, MVS. We know he was super boomer bust, but he he was probably picked up. He's owned. Do you keep him? Hold on to him now that Lazard's back. Lazard might even be out there in some places. Um, do you pick up Lazard? I actually picked up Lazard, and or I I um, am going for him on the waiver wire. We'll, we'll see if I get him or not. But yeah, I I did look to get him because even if. Um, his next two games are not very favorable with um, against Indy and Chicago. Um, afterwards, it's a nice uh, playoff run with Detroit, uh, Philadelphia, Detroit, uh, Carolina, and Tennessee. That's those are nice matchups for the end of the year. Um, but I don't know if I would play him. Maybe this game, I would wait and see for a game to play him. Actually, I actually picked Lazard up about two weeks ago when he was still deep in IR and I was ready. Smart. Yeah. Loyal. I was like, you know what? Yeah. He's he, Aaron Rodgers is going to need a second person. Um, he was really low rostered in leagues. And I was like, he's, you know what? I can kind of hold him right now. He's 34% so, in ESPN leagues right now. Yeah. I think yeah. he was even lower two weeks ago. It was like, okay, I'm just going to swoop in on this. Um, I personally, my team is still super banged up, even picking up people off waivers. So if he's able to go this week, I'm starting him. But I think that's more of necessity than anything. Yeah, I think that's the only place where you start him is out of necessity. Like Keone said, if you have other places where other pieces where you can play them, I think you play them over Lazard just just for at least right now. Aaron Rodgers. Could have a great day, and Alan Lazard could th- score two touchdowns, just like MVS could. So you never know. Uh, quick note: seven players on the Raiders' defense have been put on the COVID reserve list. Um, one of them tested positive, so six of them were in close contact. Meaning, if they test uh, negative, they ha- they can be back with the team within five days. So they might. 
they might play, but uh, you know, that's a little bit scary against the Chiefs. So I don't think uh, don't start the Raiders defense, and maybe don't start any Raiders besides Josh Jacobs. Were you going to start the Raiders defense against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Hey, no, I wasn't. What, what, was it a was it a thirty-two Andy, Andy man league? To buy. Yeah. yeah, no, thirty-one, thirty-two man league it was between the Raiders <laughs> or the Jets. Um, oh, I would um, also maybe start Waller. Yeah, maybe, but I'm scared. Honestly, you, you said you said seven players went on the COVID list, right? Yeah. So for the all on the defense. For the listeners at home, it takes eleven men to feel the defense. So that is most of the defense on the reserve list. Very true, very true. So and at least one of those guys is not is not playing on Sunday. And that's yeah. the yeah. Max Crosby, um, defensive end. So I should trade for Cleo Mack. Maybe get him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That'll do it for the news for us today. Let's move on to some start or sit questions. First up for the start or sit, Julio Jones at New Orleans or Keenan Allen at, uh, uh, against the Jets. Chargers are at home against the Jets. I say Keenan Allen. All the way. All the way. Um, Keenan Allen with Herbert in and you minus the one game that he had to exit early, the Saints. Keenan Allen has seen 11.8 targets a game. So he's about 12 targets a game. He's getting extreme volume. I think he's third in the league in targets and fourth in the league in receptions on the season. Um, Even if you include the Saints game where he, he caught two touch, sorry, he caught two passes two targets for a touchdown. He's still averaging 10.6 targets a game. This man is a target monster. Julio's only getting eight. I think Julio has better talent around him in the pass catching game than um, Keenan Allen does. So Keenan Allen's kind of more definitely on top. The one, the one plus uh, Julio has is Julio, I think just gets more yards. Um, They have Julio's missed a couple games. So Keenan does have more yards, but Julio averages more yards a game. I, I really just prefer Keenan here because he is Justin Herbert's like go-to man every week. And it's the yeah. Jets. Like, yeah, it's they're the going Jets. against. That's exactly what I was going to say. They're going against the Jets, who are bad. They're getting up the fourth most passing yards. So. Yeah, Keenan Allen doesn't get as many yards as Julio Jones, but the Jets give up that many yards. Um, yeah, like you said, he's third in the NFL in targets, 93 right now. Herbert's on fire. From weeks three to 10, he's wide receiver five. So, like, Keenan Allen has been a monster recently. But Julio Jones is 10th in points per game throughout the whole season. And the Saints don't have Drew Brees, so they're going to be turning the ball over. This is going to be a closer game than I think people think, or maybe they do think it's going to be a close game, and um, they agree with me. The Falcons are giving up the second most passing yards, so Jameis is going to be able to throw on them, but the Saints defense is also giving up the fifth most touchdowns through the air, so Julio Jones averaging 91 yards a game, he's 
and only getting in the end zone three times this season. He's really just missing the touchdown. And the Saints give up touchdowns through the air. So I think I'm lean Julio. So I guess it's me to do the tiebreaker. Yeah. This is this. You made these pretty tough um, because a lot of these guys are pretty close. These are real questions. No, yeah, it's it's good. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I didn't make That's these what we're up. here for. That's what we get paid the zero dollars for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, now selling so, ad space, fantasy yeah. 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 Um, like my gut tells me Julio Jones. Um, but Allen is really really close because Allen does get those receptions, and on the season, Allen has sixty five receptions for six hundred ninety yards and five touchdowns. Well, Julio has 43 receptions for 638 yards and three touchdowns, but he has missed a few games. So I think that plays a big factor in things uh, because uh, he's missed two games. So I think in those two games, that might edge him ahead of uh, Keenan Allen in terms of maybe not necessarily receptions, but definitely in terms of yards and might equal him in touch. And I just like the pairing of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. It's they, it's, those are two of the top guys in terms of quarterback wide receiver combinations the past few years. And I, it's not me not taking, like taking away credit from Herbert and Allen because they are an incredibly viable pair um, this year and hopefully for years to come. But I think I have to go with Jones just because I think Jones is just, he, he gets those plays. He's a big play guy. And I hear his name in when it, in big moments of Atlanta games. It's like the whispers through the wind. Yeah. Although I saw this and I saw a little stat when looking up the receivers in comparison. And this is a lot to do with Jones missing games, but there's a player who has just I mean, there's a, there's a decent amount of players who have more stats, like better stats than him, but an interesting player who has better stats than Julio Jones this season. <laughs> Cole Beasley! With oh 55 God. receptions, 642 yards, which is four more than Julio Jones, and four three touchdowns. More. And three touchdowns. So I just got to shout out my boy Cole Beasley. Yeah, yeah shout out. God. <laughs> What's <laughs> What's the time on the pod before we got Cole Beasley talk? 20, 26 minutes? Oh, my God. Um, Whoever, whoever's question, is, question this is, start both of them, really. Oh, yeah. yeah please. Like, these, guys, these are both top 12 wide receivers every week, and so just start both of them. Sit whoever's, whoever else is starting for you. Yeah, even in daily fantasy, it's kind of worth spending the money on these guys. Um. My my rebuttal is Julio Jones does not score touchdowns. Like it's just for some reason he doesn't. He's had he had two touchdowns one game this year and one touchdown the other. That's his three touchdowns. Um even in Keenan Allen's bad games, he's at least scoring more consistently. He has five touchdowns in five separate games. He only scores one touchdown. But, like, last week, his worst game of the season, arguably, stats-wise, besides the touchdowns, he still scored. Um, and then even in the Saints game that he was out, 
he scored. So it kind of saved his game. He only caught two passes for like 30 yards and then a touchdown. So he, he had that, those stats, but. Okay. Okay. Rebuttal. Yeah. Rebuttal. Here's, hear me out. I don't want to hear it if it's this. If, Julio if I think... touchdown Jones. Okay. Yep. No. All right. <laughs> I knew it. Like I, I knew said, it. No, but seriously, like I said, the Saints defense is giving up the fourth, fifth most touchdowns through the air. So this could easily be the week where Julio has another two touchdowns. It, very possible. I agree. The only problem is, is like throughout the years, Julio just doesn't score. Six to eight. <laughs> like for the whole year. Yeah. Like his, his best, he hasn't, he's had one season his whole career with double-digit touchdowns, and he had 10 his second year in the league. And like, yet he's Julio, still fantasy relevant. He's still top three every single year because he gets yeah. so many yards. I know. He, it, like, it sucks because it's just they're both very consistent. Yeah. Um, I'm, I think I'm just – I think I'm just banking, especially in a PPR league, I'm banking on um, Keenan Allen getting – 12 targets, eight receptions, 100 yards, and you know what? He could also score. Meanwhile, Julio Jones, I've kind of given up on him scoring in a week. Like, I really just, every time I see Julio stats, I'm like, he probably didn't have a touchdown. And then he gets a touchdown, and I literally cheer. And I'm like, Julio finally gets a touchdown. And so that's why I'm actually adding Dirk Cutter and Matt Ryan to my DM list. Please DM (laughs) me. Why is Julio not scoring touchdowns? Why do you not throw this man? He is huge. And he has, like, the, one of the best sets of hands in the league. Throw the fade to him. Th- throw him in the end zone. Just throw Don't it up. Don't even throw remember? the fade. Yeah, just throw him the ball just near him, Matt. Do you remember you Calvin? Can. Yeah, do you remember Calvin Johnson? And how, you know what? Matt Stafford's like, hey, fuck it. He's, Calvin's down there somewhere. Yeah. Do the same thing with Julio. Yeah. Sorry, I'm Let's getting go. mad. Move on to the next one. I'm okay. getting mad. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Uh, you're not going to get any happier, though, with this next one. Cam Newton at Houston or Jameis Winston versus Atlanta. So, Atlanta, n- not good, like I, like we just talked about with Julio Jones. Their defense is giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks um, at the position. They're giving up 26 points a game uh, in fantasy. So, Jameis Winston could go off but he also might throw 30 interceptions <laughs> in <laughs> one game <laughs> it felt like he did that last year where he went 30 through 33 touchdowns and 30, 30. interceptions mm-hmm. but yeah Jameis winston could easily throw three touchdowns and three interceptions this week even though well atlanta is somewhere in the middle in interceptions in the league um, Cam Newton, on the other hand, he's on the higher end. He's thrown seven interceptions, and he's only thrown three touchdowns this season. Um, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, it's bad. He's he's ran nine touchdowns in on the ground, though, so that's that's really what saved him. But I, I'm really, really torn between these two guys. But I think I'll take – the high upside of James? Uh, I agree. Uh, Super confident. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely just (laughs) screaming confidence. Just Um, the cockiest of bravados. (laughs) Just... 
I, well, no, this one is another tough one because Jameis Winston, I mean, well, Jameis Winston has been behind Drew Brees this year. So he, like, he hasn't, I mean, he's had the past two games with opportunities. I mean, that's when he's played this year, but it's not like last year where he threw over 5,000 yards. He was the leading passer last season and he had the second most touchdowns with 30 with 30. So, I mean, that's nothing necessarily to sneeze at, um, but. At you. Okay. <laughs> Apparently it is. Um, but, and Cam Newton gets, mo- Cam Newton gets most, like you said, he get he has most of his touchdowns on the ground. Um, but who does, he doesn't really have very many people to throw to like Jacoby Myers. And we don't know about Julian Edelman or, and like, so, whereas Jameis Winston has at least people to throw to. Yeah. Michael Thomas is back. Emmanuel Sanders is back. Alvin Kamara easily dump off Jared Cook. Yeah, just yeah. Alvin Kamara alone. If he's just going to do <laughs> dump off passes and be safe, True. like I can see Peyton um, doing that easily. So he's but. doing it with Drew Brees, even. So why not just keep doing it with Jameis? Yeah, it works. But is Sean Peyton ballsy enough to now he has a quarterback that can throw the length of the field where he's just like, eh, screw it nines all day somebody's always running a streak sean payne's never been like that he's gonna run his um his he's offense been, the way he's never been ballsy bro like the man who started off <laughs> the second on, half of a super bowl <laughs> with the onside not, on, kick? not on offense though but that's okay, also fair. because he's had drew Brees, so he doesn't he hasn't really had to be ballsy but i just i, I think he's too smart so he knows what that Jameis is going to throw interceptions. So he's going to try to put Jameis in the best spot, best situations he can. But Jameis did look pretty bad on Sunday. He airmailed Michael Thomas by like 10 yards on a slant. And uh, I don't Too know. <laughs> but that's, that's all you have to do <laughs> is throw a three-yard slant to this guy. And he's going to score touchdowns for you. And you can't do that, Jameis. Come on. Uh, can um if you really need to start one of these guys uh my complete serious recommendation is to flip a coin because uh, like Jameis winston might the thing is Jameis winston might throw two to three interceptions um very fast. I think last year he threw like an opening drive interception like oh, and six or seven times. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and when they Sean, have to keep throwing. Yeah, and then Sean Payton, I think, will not like he will just start handing the ball off or he will put Taysom Hill in and be like, never mind. So, But then Cam Newton Cam Newton can the Patriots throw the cannot throw the ball. The Patriots cannot throw the ball. Even when Cam has somebody open, sometimes he's overthrowing it. Um, I I really am torn with this one. I'm just we I'm both, going Jameis. Yeah, we both picked Jameis, so I think we're going Jameis. Whoever doesn't matter who you go with. Thank you. High upside. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> High upside, Jameis. If you're going, uh, not not safe. Go with Cam. Cam's just yeah, not safe and not and doesn't have the high upside, so I, that's why I go Jameis. Shoot for the stars. He, yeah, we kind of know what Cam's going to give us, so I, I would go for Jameis too, which is like, you know what? Hey, maybe he does. 
maybe he uh, absolutely dominates. All right, let's move on to this next one. Rob Gronkowski at the Los Angeles Rams or Mark Andrews versus the Tennessee Titans. The last eight games, Gronk has averaged 5.6 targets a game, and he scored four touchdowns in that stretch, and he's been tight end too. So he's looked really good. Um, Mark Andrews has not looked as hot as you would like him to this season, but he still leads his team in receiving touchdowns. Um, He has five or more targets in six of nine games, and he's never had less than three targets, so... As bad as he is and, you know, he's let you down, he's still tight end five on the season. But Gronk has been on this pretty good stretch. <sighs> I'm I'm pretty torn between this one too. Who you got, Keone? Let me, let, um, me, let me think a little bit. I think even though it's um, the Rams are a worse matchup than Tennessee, uh, I think that Gronk – I like what he's doing more than Andrews. He's been, I don't want to say necessarily more consistent, but he's getting touchdowns. And Andrew Andrews hasn't gotten a touchdown since those first five games where he got those five. So in this past game, he had receptions, but he hasn't gotten a touchdown in the past few weeks, uh, whereas Gronk has. And I think they... Tampa Bay offense is much better than the Baltimore offense. All right, what about you, Ian? Gronk or Mark Andrews? Um, I like the the what have you been doing for me now, and so I'm going to go with Gronk. Um, I mean, if we're just going based off of the teams, uh, the Ravens have 14 passing touchdowns this year. I mean, Lamar Jackson has 14 passing touchdowns. Tom Brady has 23. Um, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked great passing the ball. Tom Brady has looked old times, but he still is getting touchdowns consistently. And Gronk is kind of emerging as that new guy that, I mean, like, what did he have last week? Two receptions, 51 yards, and a TD. Like, and he was still tight end one, two. So if that's all it takes, I see Gronk kind of being more consistent in that than I do see Mark Andrews, who is, excuse me, just really reluctant or sorry, really reliant on scoring. And the Ravens haven't been able to score through the air. Yeah, true. So you're going Gronk. I'm going. I'm going Gronk. I'm going. Well, okay. All right. Just to be the contrarian, I'll go Mark Andrews. He had nine targets, seven receptions. He just was missing the end zone last week, which, yeah, he might not get in the end zone. But if he's getting nine targets every week, seven to nine targets, I think I'll take that over Gronk's two receptions and hope he gets in the end zone. Because you're really just hoping Gronk gets in the end zone too. He's just been doing it recently. I do just think that Andrews had an outlier game, too, with his nine yeah. targets, seven receptions. Yeah, 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 true, maybe. And this is another one where it's like, if you have either of them, you're going to play them. So. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. T. Higgins at Washington or Christian Kirk at Seattle. And I'm going to throw this one to you again first, Keone, because I want to know your take on Christian Kirk. This is a Thursday night game. 
But like you said on the last podcast, A.J. Brown, Thursday night game, he was the number one, but it was against a good defense. Now it's a Thursday night game. This is not their number one guy, clearly, DeAndre Hopkins is. But he's been really good, a solid number two, and against a terrible defense. So what is the rule for that? I hate Thursday night so much. (laughs) I hate this so much. Wait, wait, wait. Next week we get three Thursday night games. Ooh. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thanksgiving is the one asterisk for Thursday night games. That's the real primetime Thursday night. Um, okay. Yeah, this is just Kirk. Just, just give me your take on Christian Kirk this week first. Okay. I, I really like Christian Kirk just regardless. And he had not as good a week last week, um, which is unfortunate. So I, Kirk did have two touchdowns though against Seattle earlier in the year. And that's a similar to, it's, a, it's sort of, it's like the same thing as Lockett where he had a really, really good game against them earlier in the year, but they're the number two in the offense and, but it's against Seattle. <laughs> Christian, Christian Kirk does lead <laughs> the Cardinals in passing in receiving touchdowns and he's getting uh, five or more targets a game. So that's true. I mean, he's Although, wide receiver 32 on the season right now. So that's kind of uh, right there on the edge. So maybe it's a Thursday night game. So maybe you don't play him. See, I have a hard like time saying not to play him, but I don't want to necessarily contradict my rules that I've established, <laughs> but um, T Higgins, he is facing Washington and they are still like the third best defense um, against the pass or against receivers. And Higgins is in that conversation for Mr. Consistent because I think he's only had like one or two games under like 10 points this season. Um, so he's, he's getting the ball and he gets touchdowns scattered here and there. Um, but he is a reception guy for that team. So this, this is a this is a really tough one for me because much like Cole Beasley, I really, really like Christian Kirk. But I have to stick my guns on the Thursday night rule. And so that makes me say T. Higgins over Christian Kirk. And I feel really bad about it, though. <laughs> I, I think this one's really close, too. Seattle's defense is just so terrible. But you're right. Christian Kirk is super consistent. Um, he hasn't had less than three receptions or in less than five targets in a game. He's averaging just above 75 yards a game, and he's gone T. Higgins, over 100. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, T. Higgins. Um, and he's gone over 100 yards twice. <sighs> But Christian Kirk is so consistent, like you said. Ian, where do you where do you go? Um I'm looking back at Christian Kirk's stats against Seattle. And he had eight targets, five receptions, thirty seven yards, two touchdowns. And cool. I know I know fantasy football, two touchdowns means automatically Huge. a good game. It's a good game. 
It is. It's 12 points alone right there. And then whatever you throw on top is just a bonus. But I mean, if you have only, if you have less than 40 yards and two touchdowns, I think you were just only relevant in the last 20 yards of the field. That's what it sounds like. And I not reliable. Yeah. It's just, okay. Like there's a lot of guys out there who maybe have good touchdown numbers, but then they have nothing else. It's like, they're only there to score the touchdown kind of like how Jordan Howard was this year, where it's like, how many yards did he have? Five and a touchdown. Is he having good games? No, he's just, for some reason, the guy they look to score. <sighs> but it's still two touchdowns. He still is leading. It's all of the stuff, and he's he's big play. He has very big play ability. Um, I mean, uh, this is hard. This is very hard. I'm I'm actually gonna go Christian Kirk on this one. I am. I know I kind of talked away from it, but I I, I am. I'm going T Higgins. I, I honestly, he, the reason is is because his birthday was Wednesday, and I think he's gonna ball out for his birthday. I might have to make an ex, like an addendum to the couple of to the Thursday to the Thursday night rule. Okay, because this happened in the Indianapolis game as well, and it sort of bit me on the AJ Brown superstar. The thing about the thing about the Indianapolis game is. AJ Brown might be their number one wide receiver, but if they could, they would hand the ball to Derrick Henry every single play. So he's really their number one guy. True. So my addendum to the rule is don't play or play only the starters at their position for the Thursday night game, except if the defense they're facing is on either end of the spectrum. So if they're the, like one of the best teams or if they're one of the worst teams, then you have a little more wiggle room. What if it's raining against the fifth worst defense? That, that starts to... Okay. <laughs> but when we draft the Constitution for this league or for this, this podcast or whatever, then we can decide those things. But... I feel like every week Keone is just going to keep adding. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. This one simple rule. To the Thursday night rule. Yeah, I... Okay, I'm taking it back. I think out of gut, Keone's Thursday night rule is too true. It's it's a Thursday night game. I can't trust it. I, I have to flip to T. Higgins. He's more consistent. He's Joe Burrow's favorite target. As of late, he's kind of usurped Tyler Boyd. They have a good connection. Um, and Thursday night, I think, are just too wild card. It's the Charlie Kirk wild card, like as he jumps out of the back of the, <laughs> the van. Uh, the Charlie van. Kelly? Yeah, Kelly, Charlie not Kirk. Kelly. Sorry. Yeah. It's Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. <laughs> All right. So as you he guys heard it here first on the Fantasy Daydreamers. Christian Kirk going for 176 and two touchdowns. <laughs> yep. But then that would abide by the addendum. So. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, Salvin Ahmed at Denver or Kalen Balaj uh, at home against the Jets? So this is interesting because it um, is sort of a, not not necessarily a battle, but both Ian and I 
ha- talked about these players. I talked. I said to add Kalen Balage, and Ian said to add Salvin Ahmed. Um, so it's, I'll be interested to know where he goes with this. But I'm going to go with Kalen Balage one because I uh, picked him on the waiver wire, uh, and two because I just think he's the better option. Um, he's going against the Jets, which anytime somebody's going against the Jets, my eyes light up like I'm seeing a Christmas tree for the first time, like in my childhood. Um, it's like a stored memory. Light circle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, you know, in, inside out where she has like those positive memories. That's one of those positive memories where it's like anytime somebody plays the Jets, it's, it lights up. It's very happy. Um, uh, except for Klein Edwards Lair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a revenge game for Balage against the Jets. And unlike Leonard Fournette, I expect him to do well against the Jets. <laughs> I expect him to stare down Adam Gase as he's running along the sideline free for a touchdown. And just, you, you had all of this, but no. Um, and yeah, so I'm just going to stick with Balage. He's done well for the Chargers the past, the past few weeks. And even if he doesn't get a touchdown, he still gets a decent amount of yards. So he kind of balances out his stats in that regard. Okay. Okay. And so where do you go? So I did write about Salvin Ahmad this week. Ahmed. Sorry, not Ahmad. Um, and I do, I do think he's poised for a good game. I do believe that. I think Denver is not a great uh, fantasy defense against the uh, running backs. I mean, they've allowed 160 total points to running backs this year. Um, I think that Ahmed has kind of gotten the role, and I don't think Brita will really steal counts from him. Like not counts, sorry, steal um, rushes from him. I think he's going to do really well. I still actually am going to go Kalen Balage on this one. I think, like Keone said, it's it's the it's the Jets. It's a revenge game. Um, they're they have a more competent team all around. Also, Anthony Lynn. I'm I'm rooting I'm rooting for Caleb Lodge because of Anthony Lynn and his coaching style. Because the Chargers are going to be up by ten points at halftime, and Anthony Lynn's going to come out of halftime, and they're going to pass the ball exactly three times in the second half, and they're going to lose the game because they tried to run the clock out for the last thirty minutes of the game. And Caleb Lodge is going to get those those uh, carries. So I think they're going to. I think they're just going to run more. I think they're going to have the opportunity to run more. And that's kind of why. Yeah, I think it's going to be a clean sweep for Kalen Balazs. And, like, these two defenses, Denver and the Jets, they're they're really close. They're only 7.9 yards difference in the two of them in uh, rushing yards per game. The Jets have given up 12 touchdowns on the ground, and the Broncos have given up 10. But four of the Jets... Touchdowns on the ground were from quarterbacks and I think two or three of the Broncos. So they're really close in touchdowns. But the difference is, is Blage has taken over this backfield while Salvin Ahmed was just, he's only done it once and it's just not enough. Matt Breida is coming back. So even if he doesn't do a lot, he's going to take a little bit of work away and Joshua Kelly is not going to take any more work away from Kalen Balaj. So 
Kelly, uh, has been on the Chargers for two weeks now. And in his first week, Kelly outsnapped him by 12 plays, and Balaj outtouched Kelly by se- uh, 17 to 14. In the second week, this past week, Balaj outsnapped Kelly by 29 plays and outtouched him by 16. So they just moved on real quick from, from Joshua Kelly. Justin Jackson's on the IR. Austin Eckler's not going to be back this week, and we don't, we're not quite sure when he's going to be back. Matt Breida will be back this week. So just that alone, I'm going to go Kalen Balazs just because there's going to be no one there besides Balazs pretty much. Yeah, you said, um, you said Denver's allowed 10 rushing touchdowns, right? Yeah. Four came – well, sorry. Well, yeah, four came last week against the Raiders. So uh, I'm, I do like Miami. I am kind of interested, and I'm kind of actually hoping that they win the AFC East and steal from the Bills. That would just be funny. Um, and I still do think Ahmed is going to have a solid game. I, I th- yeah. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm not expecting him to go for 80 yards and a touchdown. I'm more expecting 80 yards or 50 yards and a touchdown, you know. I agree. I think I, agree. I think Balaj can, can go for 70 and a touchdown pretty much yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Plus it's the it's just the Jets, man. It's just it's the, the Jets. Jets. They're so bad. Yeah, they really are. All right, I think that'll do it for the start sit. If you guys have any questions, please send them to us at Fantasy Daydreamers on Instagram or at FF Daydreamers on Twitter. Um yeah, it would really help us out. Give us more content. Let's move on to some rookie talks. All right, so I'm going to ask you guys, just give me a few a few guys you guys want to talk about that are rookies this year. Let's start off with someone that's impressed you just this year, just in a redraft league. Who's the, who's the guy you want to own right now? Overall or? At a- yeah, overall. Or you can give me a few guys if you want to give me a couple of different positions. Okay. So I think for me, I would go out of the rookie quarterbacks, I would probably go Justin Herbert because I think he's the, playing the best out of the three of them. Um, in terms of wide receiver, uh, it's hard not to say Chase Claypool. However, I think I lean a little bit more towards Justin Jefferson because I think Claypool, like for whatever reason, Claypool, it's not that he's having a bad season because he's having a really, really good season. Um, he's getting those touchdowns. But it reminds me a little bit of, if you remember, I think it was Victor Cruz's sophomore year mm-hmm. where he was a really, uh, like, he caught Flashback. a lot of... Salsa yeah, he caught dancing. a lot of... Yes. Um, <laughs> and he was a big part of that offense the year they went to the Super Bowl and won. So that that's I think the biggest part that's giving me so you, those types you're of vibes. The Steelers are going to the Super Bowl, huh? I say they have a good chance. <laughs> we'll see. I think the Chiefs have a lot to say about that, but um, I, it's just giving me those sort of vibes. Even though he doesn't have the numbers necessarily that um, they who must not that, be named. Don't don't Cruz. get hopeful, JJ. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not um, that's why I think the Steelers hour. <laughs> that's why I like Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson um, has. 762 yards 
that's the most out of any, I think the rookie receivers. And even though he only has three touchdowns, he has four games over a hundred yards. So he's the guy for big plays in that offense. Um, In terms of running back, I think you got to go with either James Robinson of Jacksonville and more as of late, DeAndre Swift, who's making that his backfield. Um, DeAndre Swift has six total touchdowns. And uh, I think uh, James Robinson has seven. Another guy, Antonio Gibson. I can't forget about him. He's in a unique situation because he's like in a backfield that's a committee, but both of them do well in that committee. Yes, DM Ian. Um, And Gibson also has seven. So that's tied for the most total touchdowns out of those uh, rookie running backs. But all his are on the ground, whereas um, Robinson has two through the air, I believe. And tight ends? I don't know about tight ends. um, No, 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 tight ends. So yeah, no, no, that's good. Uh, Ian, who are who are some guys that um, have either surprised you or you want for a re- just a redraft just for the rest of this season out of the re- redraft league? I think we got to go quarterback. It's Justin Herbert. He's playing like a he. Yeah. He's playing like a actual top quarterback in the league. He's um, he's doing really well. Last week he kind of had a little bit of off week. That's okay. Redraft again. James Robinson has been super consistent. Um, and he's averaging like 100 yards a game total. Like he's averaging about 75 yards rushing and then about 25 yards receiving. He's doing a little bit of both here and there. I like him a lot. Um, he has seven totals TDs and he's only had two weeks outside the top 20. Like he's doing great this year. DeAndre Swift is kind of lurking because I think they finally have unlocked him. <laughs> like he, like they finally let him start being Seriously. the running back in there. Yeah. And so he's, he's kind of on the come up. Um, for next year, if I'm drafting a rookie, wait, 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 wait. we'll get, we'll get to next year in a, in a minute. Just go, just say what you re- redraft right now. <sighs> okay. So, Redraft right now, Justin Jefferson for, for that. It's for either Justin, receivers. yeah, for wide receiver. It's either Justin Jefferson or T. Higgins. T. Higgins has been consistent, but Justin Jefferson is just uh, like Keone said. He just keeps getting all the yards. Uh, he's like Adam Thielen. I think is just going to be a permanent number two uh, wide receiver, a very good wide receiver too. But like, I think that's just where he he fits best. And so based off this year alone, that's who I'm going with. Um, I'm like, I have a little different ones if we do dynasty or like next year, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get yeah. into that here. Let me, let me run. I think I agree with you guys. Justin Herbert's the quarterback for right now. Um, yeah. I think for running backs, I do go Deandre Swift over James Robinson. Ooh. Um, no, no one mentioned Clyde Edwards, Alaire, who was the first running back taken, which Maybe we'll talk about him in a minute. So it's a passing offense. I, I do yeah, yeah, true. I do also like Antonio Gibson. Keone mentioned him. And I want to give a little shout out to Jerry Judy because you know he's been playing pretty well as of late. Uh you know, last few weeks he's got uh ten targets, fourteen targets, eight targets. He's only scored one touchdown in that time, but he his lowest amount of yards was sixty eight in those three weeks. So he's 
last three weeks he's been playing well, but we'll see if that keeps up. Let's move on to, uh, like Ian was talking about, the next couple of years. Who are the rookies that you guys want to own? Let's say you were in a dynasty league. Who do you want to own for the next couple of years? Okay. Just give me a few names. Yeah, this, I'm, uh, there's, I'm glad you asked this because there are a couple that I noted like, oh, they're not necessarily doing it this year, but next year or the, the, in future, yeah. I see them doing, doing well. Yeah, yeah, because there's no way we could get out of here without intern Aaron not yelling at us about mentioning Michael Pittman. It's in his yeah. contract that we have to mention Michael Pittman every episode now that he's playing. I'm, so I'm, mad that the, I'm mad that the temp said that uh, the temp intern, whatever we want to call him, has a contract like that. Well, that's smart it is. Uh, I would say, yeah, uh, one of those, like, yeah, guys you uh, want J.K. To Dobbins. For the future. J.K. Dobbins, if that backfield thins out, he's, uh, I think he could be a good guy. It's just he's in a three-man field right now, so he has no room to to do anything. Um, four-man field. A four-man field? Oh, because yeah, Lamar? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Fair. Um, I I don't know about K Makers because he's I think it's Henderson who has sort of taken that job, and he's really really gone back, so that's unfortunate for him. Um, maybe Zach Moss because in terms of running back, because Zach Moss has um, has three touchdowns. Just- on the ground and a receiving touchdown. Um, and he's part of like, he's a, he does well in, in that backfield on a highly off, uh, explosive offense. For uh, um, JK Dobbins, there's a potential out for Mark Ingram in his contract after this season. So that could really open up for him. Just, just keep that in mind. And then when it comes to receivers, this is where you get a few of them a little bit more. Um, so CD lamb, Big one. He he has almost 600 yards, and but he only has three touchdowns. But I think that's because his quarterback is gone. So if Dak Prescott comes back, I think that's Lamb becomes a much more viable option, and it'd be interesting to see how they work for the next few years, depending on the state of Dak Prescott after his injury. Um, another guy, Brandon Ayuk, because that can be a high-powered offense. Um, he's healthy. just another. He's just another Debo Samuel. Like yeah. essentially, yeah. Two of the same receivers. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Michael Pittman. He is the wide receiver of the future, I think, for that team. And I don't. Who knows how long uh, Big Phil will stay there? But <laughs> get it. You know, maybe if he gets a ring, do you like who knows? But we'll Jimmy's see. He's really on this Colts for the Super Bowl. I, I, hey, hey, call I think it's a possibility. No, yeah, yeah. It's I think Keone's always yeah. liked hard nosed defense. <laughs> like it's I just think their defense is impressed is impressive. And if their offense can get the job done on a week, I think they're one of the best overall teams in, in the game. Um, um how do you guys feel about uh Miles Gaskin? He's a rookie. He's Played well with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have been looking pretty good. They're looking young on offense, and they're moving the ball. I'd, where does he fall in in your running back ranks for the for the future? Uh, I'm Miami has this issue where um, it, I feel like every year Miami is just going to be a team that I forget about, and then be like, oh, they surprised me. 
but I never think that they're going to make, I just never feel like they're going to elevate to that next step where they're like, Miami is a good team, like top of the power rankings, all this stuff. I feel like they're always just like in the middle of the road, but the top. And so I, it's hard to say. All right. Let's, I, I, I don't know. Like, let's, let's rank the, the, let's put uh, the, quarterbacks in order just the top three for the future burrow Tua, and justin herbert which one one two and three for the future let's let's go kind of fast i'm gonna go herbert one burrow two two a three um i yeah for for the yeah. next couple of years i think that maybe career-wise if joe burrow gets an offensive line he could be better but if he right now i just got to go Herbert Burrow Tua. I, I agree with that. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go for it. Go for it. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Although the interesting thing for this year, I think Tua, even though he's the like the third out of those three, I think he's on the best team this year. And I know we're talking about the future. I think he's on the best team this year, and they have the best um, chance of getting in the playoffs for this year. But I agree with Ian in that in that ranking. Because yeah. Herbert is just behind two or just behind um, Burrow in passing yards, because I think Burrow has twenty five hundred yards. Tua has just or um, Herbert has just over twenty three hundred yards, but he throws more touchdowns. I think he has twenty two total touchdowns on the year with six interceptions, and he fumbles the ball less. He also gets hit a lot right. less. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Let's uh, rank the running backs. Just give me your top few. And then let's talk about Jonathan Taylor real fast because he's been disappointing. People are wondering, should they drop him? Do you bench him? (laughs) Yeah. I I really don't know. You got to hold on to him. And I don't see how – I just don't know if you start him or not. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor – I. I actually kind of think that Jonathan Taylor will thrive way more when big Phil is gone because yeah. big, big Phil has big Phil played those years with uh, Darren Sproles and he fell in love. Like he just yeah. absolutely loves that check down and Naheem Hines right now is, is, is that to him. So I think Jonathan Taylor once big Phil's gone, will do better. So for the future, he still has a lot of potential to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not giving up uh, hope yet. No, I'm not giving up on him. I, I think if we're talking future as in the next three years, yeah, I want to say like three years, yeah. I'm going to go. I think Deandre Swift, just because I still don't know what's going to happen with the backfield in Baltimore. I think I'm going to go Clyde Edwards, Alaire at two. Cause I think they'll, start to actually use them more and more next year because like Andy Reid kind of needs to have a run game. Yeah. Even though Patrick Mahomes can do it all, like at some point he can't. And then three, I like Gibson. I like Gibson if, if he, um, if, um, if they figure out what to do with McKissick, if they'd really truly just make McKissick just the, the throwing down back, I like Gibson a lot. I know there's questions about, I like Clyde if Damian Williams comes back, but I actually think that Damian Williams sitting out for this year lost his spot. I really, I think that we're going to see him moved in the off season in some way, because 
I think they realized, you know what? Clyde will do it. And we have Clyde, Le'Veon Bell. Like, who else? We don't need a third. So they're probably just going to try to get away from him. I think you got to just throw J.K. Dobbins in there at second and switch Clyde edwards Laren and Antonio Gibson. Throw C.E.H. at fourth. And... But Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's fair with me. It's a toss-up, really. Jonathan Taylor, fifth still. So I think we're still forgetting about James Robinson. I don't know if he's just having yes. a really good rookie season I think, and then going I, on. I've been down on him all season, and it's came back to bite me, but I'm not high on him going for the future, going forward. Even with Trevor Lawrence throwing with him? No, because Trevor Lawrence is going to be on the Jets. So, I mean, oh. I don't know how James Robinson gets to the Jets. Next year, Trevor Lawrence is going to be on the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> like, he's heard he's going to the Jets. He's not coming. All right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good, talented running backs out there if you guys if you guys want them. Let's let's go through the wide receivers real quick. This has just been a crazy, crazy good year for wide receivers. Um Four wide receivers are on pace for over 100 targets. Jerry, Judy, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, and Chase Claypool. Last year, D.K. Metcalf was the only one to hit uh, 100 targets, and he hit exactly 100. So, And all these guys are on pace for going over 100. So it's just a, it's just a huge year for rookie wide receivers. Rookie running backs, are they're going to they're gonna come into their own within the next few years. Um, we already seen it with DeAndre Swift. Hopefully we'll see it from J.K. Dobbins. And, I mean, the next few years in football are looking fun. I mean, oh, there's yeah. a lot of young Definitely. talent. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. And there's a lot of, like, quarterback wide receiver duos that are yeah. pretty young that will be, like, the next generation for the league. Yeah, I mean – yeah, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins right there. I mean, it's already mm-hmm. a good one, a great one. Anything else? Uh, I I think if I'm going to rank these guys, I think if we're talking about just okay. next year, it's C.D. Lamb. Yeah. But I, yeah, t- I still think C.D. Lamb is the number one wide receiver. He's the most talented, at least. I mean, Dak was throwing for 420 yards a game or something like that when before he broke his leg. So yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous. I think if we're going just next year, as long as Dak is able to play next year, if that's a kind of a maybe, I don't know right now, it's CD. I think maybe four or five years down the line, I think Higgins will steal it. Because I, I just like – I do like Joe Burrow in this league. Like I said, they need just some offensive linemen to protect him. But I think that can be a real special connection that lasts for years and years. And then Justin Jefferson, the only issue I have with him is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he's not he's not really like a number one wide receiver. He's, yeah. He's yeah. But yeah. There's a lot of talent there though. There's a for lot sure. of talent in, in those wide receivers. All right. I think that'll do it for us here today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Please subscribe wherever you guys get your podcasts. Like, leave us a five-star review. It really helps. Five stars. Um, Interact with us on Twitter because that would be cool. We like hearing from our fans. Tweet at us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ask us any any questions you guys have for you guys' upcoming fantasy, um, and we'll answer them. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening.
Ian, peace out. Keone, peace out. Stay Thank dreaming. you guys. Stay dreaming. Ah, shock. Stay dreaming. Stay, stay dreaming. I, I don't know how to respond to Keone. I don't know what that dreaming. was, but stay dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Stay dreaming.